What's going on, buckaroonies? Uh, welcome to yet another episode of Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast, or better known to the cool cast as Two and a Half Gringos. Uh, we got the full crew here yet again. We got my boy. Anthony Murph Dog Murphy, who makes up this show uh, name perfectly because he's our half gringo. What's going on, Murph? What is going on? Not a damn thing. And before yeah. we get into it, let me introduce my other man, Nola Jeffy, Louisiana Ted. Yo. What's going on, man? What up? Oh, just hanging out. Yeah, just hanging out. What we got here, boys and girls, is uh. The Pirates snapped their six-game losing streak uh, against the Boston Red Sox Thursday night by a score of 8-2. to two. Uh, Murph's goat, JT Brubaker, bah, pitched one hell of a game against the Bo Sox. Uh, seven innings, two hits, no walks, no earned runs. And I think the biggest stat line out of all of that was not going seven innings because he's done it before. It's the no walks. That's huge. That's extremely huge, especially for a guy like Brubaker who has struggled with command in the past. And I got a little fun fact for you guys with Brubaker's recent outing on Thursday. Brubaker, as I said, pitched seven innings. First Pirates pitcher to pitch seven plus innings, give up two runs or less, no walks, and no earned runs since 2018. Now, can you guys name me that pitcher? Probably not. It was Nick Kingham. But, I mean, guys, we, we got we to discuss this uh, Brubaker outing and, and his, you know, last several outings, I guess we should say. You know, how, how mm. are we feeling about Brubes? Is he going into 2023 as a lock for the starting rotation? I mean, it seems like the obvious, obvious answer, yes. But is he your quote unquote ace, second man, third man, back end? I mean, because I don't see the Pirates acquiring any uh, top end of the rotation names in the offseason. So I guess it's kind of by default, right? Yes. That's my answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> man. Next question. All right, Nola, you're, you're more uh, <laughs> partial to this. So <laughs> let's hear your thoughts on Broods. Uh. I mean, the, the way I feel is, I mean, because he, he had those, uh, not his previous start, but the two prior to that, he had, you know, the two starts where he didn't even go five innings and he gave up, I think, 10 runs between the two. And it looked like maybe he was wearing down a little bit as he did last year once he started hitting, you know, over 100 innings pitched. Um, right now, I think he's he's only a couple innings shy of last year's inning total, and he'll probably crack it in his next start which will be his 24th start and that's as many starts as he made last year so it seems like he's building upon it and he's actually getting stronger in the season's end this year I do believe to me what I would like to see is Keller, Ruanzi, and Brubaker are their three for sure starters and I would like to see them go after two free agent starters that to me is what their plan should be Will it be? I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> Oviedo is going to be a starter. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I did look up that uh, – so since June 9th, for no particular reason, um, although it is also, you know, 6-9, he's nice. pitched 68.2 innings with a 3-8 ERA 
and 71 Ks and 22 walks over that time. So, I mean, it was really good numbers over, you know, two-month period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been pretty solid, I, I mean, other than the last couple of outings. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't put him in the bullpen like some people want to do. Hey, hey. Those people are crazy. <laughs> Spin on it, you bastard. <laughs> I will say one of the biggest things too with him, you mentioned the walks, like specifically for that last start, but um, he's only given up 12 home runs this year too, which was a big thing for him last year. Just a shade north of four on the ERA. Next start, maybe you might be able to bring that down into the threes that'd be nice but i mean he, he's on the right track so you know um we're all that's good that's good pirates need need someone else to kind of step up and and be a a, a veteran presence for for as more of these kids get up here so and he, he looks like the, the perfect kind of guy to take on that role yeah yeah and 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 before we move on to you know one of the more bigger topics of tonight uh, looking at Brubaker's season line, isn't it kind of the epitome of how the Pirates have been? I mean, three and ten with uh, a fairly decent ERA. It's not you know immaculate, but it's not a bad ERA when you look at the you know league average and things of that sort. So mm-hmm. three and ten—that that's just extremely uh, misleading for how Brubaker uh, has performed. Uh, in 22. Um, but we do have to get into some Brian Reynolds talk. I mean, Dennis Eckersley watched the hell out, man. Brian Reynolds is on a mission. Uh, it seems after the comments were made, um, you know, two bombs Thursday night, two run bombs, both of them. And I think the last three home runs he hit were two run bombs. So, Reynolds is hitting with men on board, which is a huge plus because in this season, he has been terrible with runners on base and more in particular runners in scoring position. So maybe Reynolds is starting to turn things around, but I'm always brought back to that one phrase that I've heard. I I was watching a Cleveland Cavaliers game once. I think it was Anderson Varejao. It's going somewhere. I promise. Anderson Varejao was playing for the Cavaliers at the time. And he was balling out. And I heard the announcer say, well, every bad team has an extremely good player on it, or it seems as so, but you move that player to another team. Maybe he doesn't perform as well because he's on, you know, good competition. So I take Reynolds hot August with a grain of salt. That's all I'm saying. He's been incredible so far. And Nola, I know you have more numbers on his August stats, but I, I don't know. I think we need to take a grain of salt with everything Reynolds does at this point until we start seeing it consistently into next season, because this season hasn't been all too hot for Reynolds. It's been very hot and cold. So I don't know. I'll pass it off to you guys on, you know, the Reynolds topic. Talking about like Dennis Eckersley making his comment Monday. So over his last, you know, four games, in 15 at-bats, he has eight hits, a double, four home runs, and 11 RBIs. For the month of August, he has an OPS of 1,087. And regards to being consistent and everything, I mean, really, he had the really slow start to the year, 
with a 599 OPS. And but aside from that, he's actually been pretty consistent this year. I mean, a 758 in May, a 989 in June. Uh, July is where he slipped up because that's where you know he had the injury and they came back for what was it two games and they left and the for paternity leave. the birth of his yeah the birth of his child and he came back and he struggled some more but I mean in August he's turned it back on again and which and here's here's a fun number for you too not only okay. is it his highest OPS per month by month he also has his highest amount of hit by pitches too three. Well, I mean, that helps the uh, the good old on base percentage, you know. <laughs> Henry <laughs> Davis is taking notes. <laughs> Henry Davis, please don't watch the Pirate games. <laughs> just lean into it, baby. Lean, take Anthony Rizzo for uh, for example, and just crowd the damn plate, and then argue. The I mean, I mean <laughs> that video was insane. Um, but you know, rent. Murph, I want to get your take on on the whole Reynolds situation, man, because Nola brought up a very good point that he has been consistent. And maybe I was wrong in saying he's been hot and cold, but those on, you know, runners on base and not coming through in the clutch, like it seemed like he did in previous years. I, I don't know, man. It just seems very inconsistent in that aspect, the clutch aspect of Reynolds that we're so used to. Yeah, I mean, obviously he had that. I mean, it's no no secret he had that. Like, you know, he's had really bad stretches in in those kind of situations. I think too. I think I think part of that's just baseball. You know, like hmm. a guy will struggle for for the first half, and then he'll do really good down the stretch. And by the time all said and done, you look at the numbers, and and it's what he does year in year out. So, I mean, yeah, it's really concerning then. And like, I, I feel like a player like Reynolds, like talked about um you know the best player on a bad team kind of thing i i think players like that can it doesn't surprise me when they slump a little bit because like when teams just like with their entire game plan to stop one player and, and like they just decide for a, a whole series like we're not going to give you mm-hmm. anything to hit and so like what what, what can you do because like you don't have anyone else to kind of support you and stuff like that so i guess players like reynolds can they can't go through tough stretches just because maybe they don't have the supporting crew around them. Um, but I mean, he's been more good than bad. So I, I guess in baseball, that's what you, that's what you want, right? Yeah. More yeah. Good than, than bad. Cause over, over a long season, there's going to be some bad. You can't avoid it. You just have oh, yeah. more good. Well, there, so. there probably too is some aspect of in a way that his slumps might stick out more than it would in a, you know, on a competitive team only because everybody else is slumping all season. Whereas, you know, we're like, we need Reynolds to be, be good all season. So when he mm-hmm. does slump, it's like the offense goes to scoring two runs over five games. Yep. Yeah. I- I'm just impressed by how I, I threw in the Anderson Verishow and just that, tied that it was all good. together. <laughs> was not expecting that. That was a good one. Curveball. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got the Uncle Charlie working tonight, as Greg Brown would say. Um, he's been under much scrutiny on Pirates Twitter as of late. Um, I'm not going to get into that. Um, but, you know, uh, um, let's, let's uh, you know, start diverting into some more uh, minor league talk. Um, recently, uh, Pipeline came out with their fresh new 100 list. Uh, 
And there was some shocks. There were some droppers. Uh, one of those droppers was Nikki G barely hanging on by a thread. What was he at 99? I think it was last I checked. Mm-hmm. He yeah. came back for the curve and uh, he put together a really good two games on the double header, walk off double. And I, I see a lot of people hyping him up again and I, and they're, not looking at the entire picture and, and his issues, in my opinion. Uh, that's not to say he's not going to be successful at some point, but I don't buy into two games and say this guy is uh, legit just yet, but maybe I'm wrong. Pro- prove me wrong if you guys have another opinion on him because Nikki G still has the same issues that we've been talking about since we dropped our uh, top 30 Pirates prospect list. Which went over very well, by the way. <laughs> he had that four-hit game. Three of them were doubles. He he's also struck out four times in thirteen at bats since he since he's been back in Altoona. I, I I think right now, like he has the the tool set, and I guess it's it's kind of like a Matt Gorski situation in in somewhat of a sense that like he has the tools, not, not the power tools that Gorski has, but he he has the the that if he just kind of, if it just clicks for him, if something just clicks in his head and the pitch recognition gets better, all this stuff is still there for him to do it. It's just that there hasn't, since watching him in Greensboro, I haven't seen much progress in doing that. So it's like, so when is it going to click finally? And like, is it a health thing? Cause he can't stay healthy. That's, that's an issue all on its own. If he can't stay, stay healthy. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm not going to give up on him because, like, you know, the bat speed's good. You know, when he does the way he can hit, turn on a fastball, is it, it, good. It, it's just something has to click with the pitch rec- recognition. And, the and dreaded toolsy I, word. Yeah, comes up. yeah. He's toolsy, yeah. but he can't put it together just yet. You know, yeah, and, and how many times which, are we going to make that excuse? I feel like we could say that with a lot of people in the system. Exactly, man. Exactly. And I, I've backed the system for a while, but there's a lot of holes there that people aren't discussing. I mean, you got to look at this from an unbiased lens. I mean, the pirate system dropped to ninth ranked for a reason. Once Cruz mm-hmm. and Contreras mm-hmm. graduated, a lot of the shit started coming downhill. I'm not saying they're in a terrible situation, but it's not yeah. as sunshine and roses as everyone is painting this out to be i mean part part of that too that's losing two two top what is it for top 50 prospects too so so that's 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 always going to hurt the system but like also with that like who else has really kind of stepped up to try to take their place and every and like that other than you know tamar johnson which we drafted so it's not even like a like, oh, he took this big leap. No, he was just one of the best players in the entire draft. So he kind of right. goes in there by default. So, but yeah. But I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of that narrative that followed the Pirates after, like, like the 2016 flop when, you know, like, we were waiting for Tyone, Glasnow, Meadows, Bell, everybody. And, you know, they were either getting hurt, they were struggling – weren't making an impact and it's like the entire industry started you know second guessing the pirates development system 
I think they're kind of doing it now with, you know, we have all these so-called advanced college hitters that we drafted. Gonzalez is still in double A. Davis is still in double A. I mean, you already have, who is it? Sal Freelich uh, is already in triple A. Colton Kowser's in double A mashing. You got I mean, Zach Nito is already in double A. I mean, but they, the Angels are a whole other monster. They, yeah, the Angels just wreck prospects. They're they're in, they they basically took their entire twenty one and twenty two draft class and just threw them all straight to the trash pandas in double A. Yeah, but um, with with Nick as a whole, one of the doubles he hit was one of those high breakers that he would normally just completely whiff on, and he took it opposite field. Um, his at first at bat today was I was very happy with because he was taking close pitches. There was another pitch that he would normally struggle with and I mean he roped a ball down the third base line that went just foul and ended up blasting a ball to the warning track to right field for a fly out and his last at bat I mean he did strike out on you know one of the I think it was a 96 mile an hour fastball those happen yeah the, the the issues you know I would see a lot sometimes even earlier this year last year was you know he'd be going up against a guy that had a 90-mile-an-hour fastball that he was just swinging through. I like the possibility, potential, so far. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it more than just three games before I'm yeah. like, okay, I think they worked on and maybe fixed some of his holes. Because he's shown it, too. I've, I, mm-hmm. I wrote an article on, on P2 about about adjustments that he made one week to a net. Like, he had one yeah. week where he struck out a whole bunch of times. I think it was, it was against the Yankees. Yankees minor league mm-hmm. team and he struck out a bunch. It was it was a rough looking yeah. look. And then the next week he bounced back and, and he put some really good at bats together. So he's done it. It's just yeah. a matter of continuing to do it. So that's like if you really isn't gonna tell you anything at that point. Yeah, and that's what I mean, like if you read his baseball America scouting report, like it pretty much says all the same things where it's like, I mean, the swing's beautiful, there everything's there, but there's this swing and miss part of his game that Kind of has scouts just like whoa. It, it's confusing. It's confusing. Like, how, where where did this come? And I'll I'll give the Pirates credit for it. it. It's not like they oh man they whiffed on this pick. No, like it, it seems everyone missed this. It's yeah. not just the Pirates. Like scouts and every single draft outlet and prospect things. None of them saw this. Looks like Keith Law will say he saw it, even though he That's had right. him ranked like top five. <laughs> One more point that I, I want to, you know, just bring up before, uh, you know, we wrap the show up. For all of the the critiques that Ben Charrington has taken from, you know, the major league level standpoint, not bringing in the talent to try to compete. That's fine. I, I get that. I get that criticism. But when you're not trying to load the major league level with, you know, competitive talent, you should be filling the minor leagues with some potential competitive talent coming through the system. Mm-hmm. And the and seeing the Pirates drop to ninth, it, it should be better. Don't you think? I mean, this was the whole creme de la creme for Charrington. He's going to boost the farm system up. It's going to be top five consistently during this rebuild. And it's just flopped at this point. No one has taken that extra step to take over O'Neill Cruz's spot or take over Contreras' spot. I mean, the only pitching prospect that has any sort of 
potential right now for a very foreseeable future is Quinn Priester as a number two. Who other than Quinn Priester? Maybe Mike Burroughs? I mean, the pitching depth isn't all what it's cracked up to be at this point. I, I think there isn't much in the upper levels, right. which is that's what's the alarming thing. And that's what's the the upsetting thing with, uh, you know, because Pirate fans wants to see it, want to see something now, which makes sense, obviously, you know, I, I get it. But I think they there is a lot of talent in the lower levels. And I think I would understand it if some of those like Baseball America and and they're hesitant to kind of go big on some of those low, like because like we haven't seen I haven't seen almost anyone outside of P two uh, us on P two talk about Carlos Jimenez like almost no one has yeah yeah but he but like if you sit down and you watch him pitch there there is a lot of talent there no yeah there yeah. is there is and Fangraphs so, has mentioned it a couple times yeah. So I, I think they're just maybe hesitant about because you know you're you're in single th- those levels a lot can happen in, in a short period of time to derail everything. Mm-hmm. So, right. I, but I think there is some talent down there, especially in, in, in Bradenton right now, that maybe isn't getting the national re- recognition that soon could, as you know, if they string a year or two of that together, will really start catching on, which in turn could boost them back up. In, in, in the rankings. Well, yeah, I, say, saying, I feel like maybe in a year we might be talking a completely different story. And I feel like I was just saying that I, I feel part of it is analysts and scouts wanting to say like, okay, they are progressing with their prospects. So like next year, Solomato, Chandler, Jimenez um, <clears throat> could, you know, start oh, you can. back into list. Yeah. All these guys, Jared Jones, maybe if he, depending on where he goes, what he keeps doing, if he finds control, um, it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think we could be talking completely different next year. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's discouraging. And the fact that no one has taken that extra step, extra step to step up and, and get that national recognition. It It's discouraging. And and maybe 23 is a different story. Maybe we see the Solomettos, the Chandlers, the Jared Jones, Maybe we see Cody Bolton step up to the plate. I don't know. Mike Burroughs. But it's a whole bunch of question marks. And I don't blame people for being upset about there not seeming to be any kind of plan. A whole bunch of hope and question marks. And I don't know. Someone's got to throw up the bat signal and hope someone shows up at this point. I don't know. We, we did have someone step up tonight, man. The JT. Ace, ace of the staff <laughs> stepped up. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're calling Brian Reynolds an ace now? He might ace. be. Watch your mouth, Dave. Look, <laughs> <laughs> guys, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Two and a Half Gringos. But before we go, I have a dad joke for you. No, oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Log off. <laughs> this is where everyone hits pause and goes back to work. <laughs> But, you know, we have a dog, Harper, uh, cute as a button, blind as a bat. And, you know, we bought her this pretty, it's pretty ceramic uh, dog bowl. And Hannah was asking me, she said, hey, babe, have you seen the dog's bowl? And I said, I didn't know they could. (laughs) 
You can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I, I am coming with the cringe content on the daily, boys and girls. I, but I feel bad. I feel bad for your future children. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm going to be the cringe dad. I absolutely know it. That's okay. It's all right. But guys... <laughs> Give me a follow on Twitter at 2HG013. Follow all my work on Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Um, we're hitting it hard, hitting it fast. Give Pittsburgh Baseball Now a follow as well at PGH Baseball Now on Twitter. Big Bear, give out your socials. As always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore Murphy88. Give uh, Pirate Prospects a, a follow as well. You can find all my work on P2. And uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, too. 10 away from 100. And I'll find a way to get some audio for it. Yes. 10 away. 10 away. <laughs> Nola, Louisiana Ted, give out that social, brother. At Nola Jeffy, N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y. Follow them, folks. And guys, can we get it right? Probably not. That's okay. It's my internet connection. I know you want to blame it on me. And three, yeah, pretty much. Two, I mean, that's perfect. One. Let's, let's, let's go, go Bucks. Bucks. Let's go Bucks. That's getting better, but you're still bastards.